If an app store falls in the woods, does it make a sound? Happy Friday, friends. Hopefully you had a, had a, hopefully we had a good week. I went into the office this week and I've been traveling about, but I had a, it was a good week. It was a good week. I'm jazzed about the football game this weekend uh, because my team is in it and hopefully they don't break my hearts, but um, it's going to be a weekend. going to be a weekend of sport, going to be a weekend of tinkering with my PC, which always makes me happy. And uh, it was just a good week. Hopefully you had a good week as well. And so let's dive into the news now. There's a lot of We'll get into this in a second. Anyways, uh, Microsoft announced a new build of Windows this week that brings a lot of that functionality they have announced that's coming in February to more preview rigs. So basically, Microsoft, we all know, is going to be shipping an update this February. We kind of thought it might have come with Patch Tuesday, but it did not. So it's more than likely maybe coming next week or the week after. Either way, Microsoft pushed out into the beta and release from dev, and all the rings now have the latest bits that are arriving in February, which means the only ring that doesn't have it is production. And so if you're on release preview or any of those bits, uh, you should now be running the build that has the widgets that are down on the taskbar and some other minor updates. So be on the lookout for that. That will be coming to a PC near you in the very near future. Uh, Microsoft also brought out the marketing stick and, and beat down the Google uh, G Suite stuff because a couple weeks ago, I think it was Google uh, announced that their free tier of G Suite was no longer going to be free. And so Google, or Microsoft now was trying to court them over to the Office 365 camp with a 60% a discount for those legacy users. And so if that's you and you want to get away from the G Suite and go to uh, Office 365, Microsoft will now make it a little bit cheaper to make that migration. Uh, Microsoft's Your Phone app gets a new continuity feature, meaning uh, if you're using it on your PC, I believe it's your last used apps will now sort of be filtered out and make it a little bit easier to jump in and out of apps that you have been using. Uh, Microsoft Teams now uses up to 50% less power during meetings, which is actually a pretty big deal for people who are stuck on video calls all day long, which I know is a, an emotional like drain, like I've, I've been there. Uh, it'll also drain your PC less now, so there, there you go, if that was, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Microsoft is also reportedly in talks for another acquisition. This is for a cybersecurity company called um, Mandiant. I am not Mandate, Mandiant, something along those lines. I, I just find this interest fascinating for multiple reasons. We all know what Microsoft is trying to buy with like 67, nearly $70 billion. And they're like, ah, we're not done buying stuff. Like we're just going to snatch up as much as we can until we get beat by the stick of regulation. But either way, that's supposedly what they're doing. And that's coming from Bloomberg. So it's a pretty good trusted source. I know who wrote the post. And so I, I absolutely believe it is accurate, but we will see uh, what actually happens. Speaking of security, Microsoft Office will now block VBA macros. I cannot believe it took this long. By default in Office. Now, I know there's an older demographic that listens to this in some regard. I thought that Microsoft did this a while ago. Like, this is one of those what's old is new again features. I could be wrong, but um, if you remember, I got, I want to say it was like 2010, maybe even earlier than that, Microsoft started doing some of this, but now they're doing it again, and it's back to being blocked by default. Uh, Microsoft Viva, it, Viva, not Viva Las Vegas, Viva, their personal, like, sort of interportal uh, HRs app thingy. Uh, Viva now has 10 million monthly users, and I get a Viva email every morning, and I ignore it. Uh, I don't know if I'm considered in one of those 10 million, but if I am, I am not, I would not consider myself an active user. But Microsoft's celebrating they have 10 million monthly active Viva users, so um, good for that. Now, the big thing I wanted to get into, and this is going to require a little bit more reading, so if you're watching the video, you're going to see me like looking more at my computer screen, typically, than I am at the cameras. Microsoft this week announced a new policy and publicly announced app set store rules. Now, this is 
interesting for a lot of reasons. Like, this is the sort of stuff that gets me, like, digging into the details of what's going on in the world of Microsoft. Okay, so Microsoft has an app store. It has not been a success. Not been a success. I don't care. It has not been a success. It's been around since Windows 8. They've tried to change all the rules all the time, and it has never really materialized in anything even remotely close to what we see on iOS, that app store, or an Android with Google Play. It has never been even close to that. Either way, Microsoft is out with a... a on their high horse, we're going to do the right thing for the app stores going forward. And they came out with this big old proclamation. And so this proclamation, make they don't beat around the bush. This is to help them get their 70 billion, 67 billion people always yell at me, acquisition of Activision through regulatory. So I'm going to read through some of these because I think it's worth pointing out just Okay, so they, they separate them out into, we have quality, safety, and privacy. We have accountability, fairness, and transparency, and developer choice. So quality, safety, and privacy is we will enable developers to access our store as long as they meet reasonable and transparent stuff. None of that is, I mean, it's all just sort of like, okay, this is pretty normal stuff. Where it gets interesting is developer choice. It says we will not require developers in our app stores to use our payment system to process in-app payments. We will not require developers in our app store to provide more favorable terms in our app stores than other app stores. We will not disadvantage developers if they choose to use a payment processing system other than ours, if they are offer different terms and conditions in the app store. And we will not prevent developers from communicating directly with, with customers through their apps for legitimate business purposes, such as pricing terms and products and other services. So those are, the developer choice is really the big thing. There's also fairness and transparency it says we will treat all apps equally in our store. We also be transparent about the rules for promotion and marketing. Um, they also say we will hold our apps to the same standards we hold our competing apps and we will not use any public information from our data or our app store to compete with our developers and that's that's a lot of the, that's a lot of stuff so basically what they're saying is we're just going to try to be a fair neutral platform and if you want to use a different pay platform we're not going to we're not going to hold that against you now this is really easy for microsoft to say because App Store is not like it's not a big profit driver for them. Of course, they could say this. They are in a distant third place in the world of app stores, maybe even a fourth place if you consider Mac OS a separate app store. And I will fully argue that Mac OS App Store is not even close to, again to the same iOS App Store. Like, they're it's like iOS and Google Play, Mac OS, then like Windows Store down here. Uh, it is. It's easy for Microsoft to say this because that there's no implication for them from a business perspective. That is the real deal. I can I would almost guarantee that if Microsoft had a dominant position with its App Store platform, it probably would be fighting against this stuff a little bit. And how do we know that? Because none of those developer choice things that I just mentioned apply to Xbox. Microsoft says these do not apply to Xbox. They say gaming consoles specifically are sold to gamers at a loss to establish a robust, viable ecosystem for game developers to cost to recover through revenue earned in the dedicated console store. So the one place that Microsoft could really differentiate themselves and actually take a hit financially is the Xbox console, which is the one place they're not gonna do it. So don't don't think that Microsoft is up on some high soapbox here and preaching to the choir about how great and ethical they are when the one place they could do it, they're not gonna do it. Now, Microsoft makes the argument that consoles are sold at a loss and that is why they can justify it, but that is not categorically true. We know that for a fact, Nintendo is a big proponent of not selling hardware at a loss. I know 
know there's people out there who are going to be like, well, they sell it, and but when you cut in retail margin, for the most part, Nintendo will make money on hardware early on in its life cycle. Sony has also come out and said that the PS5 version with a disc is now profitable. Now, the discless is not because it's $100 less, but we know that that profitability is somewhere in there. And so Microsoft's statement that consoles are always sold at a loss is not factually true which means that they're only selling their consoles at a loss because they haven't told us if they're selling them for a profit yet. Just something to keep in mind that when Microsoft tries to preach to the choir that they're not really being as ethical as they they make themselves sound because they have an opportunity to differentiate themselves, but they're not going to do it on their console. I'm not saying that they should. I'm not saying that they should. I'm just trying to point out the fact that where they could actually be a class leader they're not take, they're taking the low road. They're taking the low road. Um, so either way, what this really means is that Microsoft is going to be trying to, I think, I think we're going to see Microsoft put a bigger emphasis and effort of getting apps into its app store, because at this point they don't care. They've already said they're removing a lot of the restrictions. They just said you can bring your own payment processor. They just announced that they're going to, going to demote you in the search rankings. If you aren't using their payment processor, the question is, does anybody care? Does anybody care? Now, Microsoft, again, is doing this to get that acquisition through because I strongly suspect that they're going to be putting a lot of their games and everything else into trying to build in their own game ecosystem inside the store because right now it it doesn't really work out. Uh, Steam is still the dominant platform. Epic has a great platform as well. And Microsoft just has tried and tried, but it never seems to work out. But I strongly, I strongly believe that if this Activision acquisition closes, Microsoft will have enough IP as especially the Call of Duty, uh, to get people to jump into there. Now, the reason why I think they're doing this is because I fully expect companies like Steam, and I don't know, I'm on the fence about Epic, but Steam definitely is probably got to be putting on their brown pants because they are likely the ones who are going to lose the most if Microsoft does this consolidation of the big IP titles into a store and offers a viable and competing platform to Steam. So, Anyways, that's me on my soapbox talking about Microsoft on its soapbox. And so on to more dedicated gaming news. That sort of bled over, uh, if you will. But either way, uh, looking on here, the Xbox February dashboard update is out. So it addresses a couple things. Uh, guide lag, if you've experienced that. You can also now with the Edge browser, you can save any image and make it your background. Compelling stuff. Also, the biggest release and update in this release uh, for the February dashboard is commas in the game score. Uh, it's now, if you have three digits, it's going to start putting commas like we would expect. Microsoft decided that now's the time to add commas to game store. Uh, Grounded has hit 10 million players. Kind of surprising. I, I candidly, full transparency, I didn't realize this game wasn't at 1.0 yet. I figured it was, but it is not. It's on its way to 1.0, and so it hit 10 million players. Also, uh, shout out to Shannon Loftus. She announced her retirement. I've talked to her a couple times over her career at Microsoft of 20 plus years uh, at Microsoft. I talked to her off and on just through things. A uh, couple titles that you've probably heard of that she worked on. Obviously, Age of Empires, most recent, but Project Gotham Racing. Man, that was a fun one. Uh, Viva Pinata, and even uh, the Banjo-Kazooie. So there you go. Also, not all that surprising is that Rockstar announced that Grand Theft Auto is in active development, the next version, and that's not a remake and not a rehash and not an upgrade and a visual change. Like a, a, a net new version of Grand Theft Auto is in development. No release date. We don't have many else details. I'm guessing it, it's probably a couple years, maybe. Um, yeah, so either way, that way. Also, I hear continued rumors of additional acquisitions in the gaming industry. 
Uh, we'll see. I don't think they're done yet. Now, I don't think it's coming from Camp Microsoft. We'll slide that to the side. But there's a lot of companies out there with a lot of money, and they're in the gaming space, and I think we might see some more acquisitions here. Um, I, yeah, I think we're going to see some more. So, uh, on to the questions of the week. My favorite part, my friends. So, Chris H. says, uh, Hi, Brad. Hi, Chris. Uh, when do you think, what do you think will happen in 2020? Oh, good question. When, in 2025, when Windows 10 goes out of support, will Microsoft let hundreds of millions of Windows 10 machines that are likely to still be in use go unsupported with the risks of malware and ransomware? Or will they fudge it and extend it? This one is an interesting question. A really interesting question. And let me, let, let's roll back the clock here a little bit because the last time this happened was with Windows 7. We know kind of what happened there with Windows 7 going to Windows 10. And if you go back even further, Windows XP to Windows 7. So the next big change, as Chris points out rightfully so, is going to be Windows 10 ending because everybody was, on, everybody was on it. The reason why I find this question so fascinating is that to go from Windows 10, people who are... I'm not, it's not 100% perfect, but I'm going to hedge that the majority of people who are running Windows 10 in 2025 likely have PCs that are not supported to run Windows 11, meaning they don't have a new generation chipset. They don't have the TPM requirement because remember Windows 10 and 11, this is, there's a, a, a very big jump in baseline hardwire, hardline requirements to be able to move. I don't quite honestly know. Typically, I would say like, well, Microsoft will just get start getting real aggressive and tell these people to upgrade. But there's a lot of people who aren't going to be upgrading. Now, on the backside of this, companies like HP, Dell, Lenovo, all these guys are going to be foaming at the mouth thinking like, Microsoft, you cannot let these people upgrade. You have to you have to just shut it down because we will sell a ton of hardware, a ton of Windows 11 licenses, and we'll, gra we'll gra gravel all our money together and we'll be so happy. Uh, because that's the reality is that there's a ton of Windows 10 hardware out there today that cannot support Windows 11. And so I I don't know if Microsoft is going to extend that because I was like, ah, it's 2025. That's a long way. No, it's three years, like roughly three years. And so I think we'll see some, we might see some extended support is my hedge, but we will see uh, what happens. Microsoft hasn't indicated yet and they're not going to indicate for a while because they want everyone to go to Windows 11. But uh, yeah. Let's see here. So we got confused. Geek says, good luck in rooting for the winning team. He's referring to my Bengals in the Super Bowl. That is going to be a good weekend of football. Hopefully if they win. Hopefully if they win. It's, this is like, I, if you don't care about sports ball, just tune out for a second. But I can't watch this football game with my, my spouse and my kid because I get too, I'm too nervous. Too nervous. I'll just say that. Too nervous because it's, we, I'm not familiar with the playoffs in football. And so this has been a long time coming for the Bengals. Uh, Steichen says, hi, Brad, back in the day, we said NES had eight bit graphics as SNES had 16 bit graphics. What if NVIDIA R? what if I have an, oh, NVIDIA RTX graphic, do you know if I have three, oh, geez, 384 bit graphics, since that's how wide the 3090 memories interface is 64 bit, or is that just, it's not that simple anymore. I think what you just hit on, it's not that simple anymore. It's not any of the above. What is the closest number? Oh, I don't even know what the closest, the, the reason why this gets complicated is because what if you had 8-bit with ray tracing? And that was a crazy thought. I guess Minecraft kind of got there, but 8-bit graphics with ray tracing. Is that really 8-bit graphics anymore? If you have 16-bit graphic with ray tracing and HDR, is that really 16-bit graphics anymore? I mean, technically, probably, yes, because it's still the same bandwidth it's still the same but then you're adding on things i don't i actually do not know this is a great question like what sort of bit graphic we're in. i don't think 64 bit because that's the architecture that it runs on and so we typically don't do it off of that i don't 
think. So if anybody actually knows the answer to this question, I was going to say like 8K graphics. I don't know because that's what 3090 would be um, capable of doing. It's a good question. Interesting question, honestly. Jay Wolf, happy Friday, Brad. Hope you're doing, hope you are doing well, Jay. Uh, I'm not sure if you see Microsoft statement has put about the popular Activision Blizzard uh, remaining on multi-platform. I have, do you, do you think Microsoft are just playing nice just so the FTC will uh, let the acquisition go through? Or is this multi-platform platform being platform being used to recoup the 68 billion dollars as soon as possible i recall similar language during the bethesda purchase and we all know how that ended up in terms of xbox exclusivity i do not think that microsoft is going to pull the rug out after they get the acquisition first off the ftc while has to the regulatory bodies have to give their approval if microsoft just straight up lies and says we're going to do all this and then doesn't they can absolutely still be on the hook for that they can come back and i don't know if it's called a clawback there's probably a technical legal term for it but if microsoft says hey look we're gonna leave call of duty on playstation they say okay stamped approved and then a week later and say yoink like we're not doing that that would be a major issue and microsoft is not dumb enough to do that microsoft wants more minecraft like titles that are massively popular on multiple platforms because that is where they can make the most money i still firmly believe that microsoft is going to put incentives to put these titles into game pass meaning that if you access call of duty via game pass you're going to get some sort of perk access to things early that is how microsoft is going to drive additional value and revenue through these things, and that will be the exclusive part of the product, meaning Call of Duty will be available everywhere, but hey, you want to get it two days early, it's on Game Pass. Well, unfortunately, Game Pass is only available on the Xbox console and on the PC. If Sony wants you to have access early, tell them to let us put Game Pass on there. They're not going to let you do that, uh, but that's how I think Microsoft is going to drive the revenue and try to bring it back home effectively. $68 billion is a ton of money a ton of money and and shareholders obviously agree that this is fine at least from what it sounds like and so, but microsoft has to be able to pull this money back they have to show a path that they're going to do that or people are going to be angry going to be angry it's going to be fun to watch uh sydney 2 k says happy saint valentine's day brad it is almost saint valentine's day happy to you saint valentine's day to you uh what are your thoughts on the open app store principles initiative hoag's law in the most recent podcast labeled the language to be cloying um i i agree with that again like the app store isn't a success it's real easy to be come out with these virtuous standards when you don't have any business functionality on the line. I would love for Microsoft to come out and say this. We'll do the same thing for Office 365 APIs. We'll do the same thing because that's a massive profit driver for Microsoft. But hey, they're a little bit more dicey about letting people access those APIs. So maybe they should let all of us access the APIs for free and have access to the data and everything else. Although it's personal data, PII data, so it's a little bit more complicated. But hey, maybe they could start there because uh, they're clearly not going to be starting on the Xbox. So uh, Mr. PKI coming in with a question. Do you pay full price for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or do you get a discount, discount subscription code from Microsoft? Microsoft employees who can get 12 month codes from the employee store for a 50% discount. If you did a, get a discount, would you still play? If you, if you didn't get a discount price, would you still pay full price? So full transparency, I, uh, I'm still living the good life of when I rolled over my Xbox live gold. I think it's like another year or so, uh, because when they were doing that thing, when they were doing that, uh, that, that promotion, like the three year deal, you can roll over. I maxed out my Xbox live gold and then rolled it over for a buck. And so I, I have not bought paid for game pass yet. I'm still in that grace period. 
I don't know. I mean, I I have plenty of friends at at Microsoft who could probably grab a discount code, but but Microsoft, in theory, and more than practically, probably can look at who actually uses those activation codes. And so, if you buy one as an employee and give it to, say, me, who has a little bit more public-facing audience, they that'd be very easy to track. If Mr. PKI is a Microsoft employee and goes and buys one and hands it to me, and they say, "Well, who? Why is Mr. PKI's code activated on BradAtOutlook.com?" Well, there you go. Um, so I don't know if I would ever get one. I would, I, I would probably still pay pay full price for it because I mean, the amount of games, especially especially once the Activision deal closes, because I buy Call of Duty every year. Um, I'm one of those people, for better or for worse. I'm angry about Vanguard that I, I wish I would not have bought Vanguard, but you kind of got to buy Vanguard because you like Warzone. It's how they get you trapped into the ecosystem. And so at that point, I would absolutely be coming out ahead. And I've played a couple different games through it. Like I, I, right now I've played Halo Infinite, played Forza. Uh, I play Flight Sim right there. I'm already ahead. Now I would not pay it monthly. I much prefer to just pay things in chunks. I, I am strongly dislike monthly payments on anything, car payments, cell phone payments, whatever payments. So as much as humanly possible, I try to remove all monthly payments. Um, so I would just pay it up front. And then the Joe Finn coming in with the last question of the week. It says, do you think Windows would benefit from more SKUs? Good question. Windows for tablets, Windows for AR, VR, Windows for Surface Hub. Well, Microsoft has tried to do this. Don't Microsoft has tried to do this. This is Microsoft licensing is what they do worst. Uh, if, you, if you've ever tried to license a Microsoft product, it is a, a matrix of guess and check and then just wait and hope you don't get reamed by the fist of lawyers because it is confusing. I don't know if Microsoft would benefit for it. Windows tablets, regardless how well Microsoft made it, just never, they never took off like the iPad. And even Android tablets never really took off like the iPad. The iPad was sort of an anomaly that took off on its own regard. Microsoft continues, to, I was looking to see if I had a Surface Pro around here. Microsoft continues to make a tablet and very clearly they have the telemetry that says, we don't need a dedicated tablet UI with the Surface Pro. It's not what people are asking for. So I don't think it would. Um, now, would they have a, a dedicated for Windows Air VR, I believe they do, right? That's Windows Mixed Reality, and I know they definitely do for Sur well, they did for Surface Hub, and then they just kind of said, screw it, like, here's Windows 10 and here's Windows 11 um, for all that. It's um, it's a good question. I think I think Microsoft is kind of realizing that specialty OSs aren't always going to be a, a perfect solution for them. They've they've definitely tried. They've definitely tried. I'll be curious to see if they do anything in the in the Hololens space. I mean, technically they have the Hololens OS, which is a little bit different. I mean, they used to have one OS to rule them all, and that didn't work. It, it like it, it didn't work for Microsoft. They tried to make it work. It didn't work. Um, Apple has multiple OSs. They have a new one coming called Reality OS for their headset, and very clearly, like just having those silos just kind of works. And so I think Microsoft might be sticking closer to the chest of what they're doing now because that's a model that they like and that's what they've rolled back into after having a, a massively distributed model of Windows licensing for many, many decades. Good question though. It's a really good question. So um, there we go, my friends. It has been a week of Windows. It has been a week of news. So as I'm about to cough here, I'm going to wrap up this podcast. Something is in my throat. Hopefully you have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch all of you right back here next time because the only BS on this podcast is me.